whatever Jesus wants in the Holy Ghost. Okay, so if Jesus <laughs> said ghosts exist, you would, yeah. you believe yeah. in ghosts. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't what believe. What are you trying to? What are you trying to? You don't believe in ghosts? No. Yeah, it's weird. No, none, you none look, of them. You look like one. Hey, hey, that's because I don't believe in myself. All right, hey. What's your, uh, you know, it's October, so we're, mm-hmm. we're just, we're kind of getting a spooky vibe with things. Oh, God, I yep. hate that said the word spooky. Spooky vibe. We're losing street cred by cool. every don't episode worry of this about podcast. It. Don't worry no, about No, no, don't tell me to worry about the streets. I'll worry about the streets if I want to. Okay. Um, um, what's, uh, what's, the, what's your best Halloween costume? I want to go as Willy Wonka. <laughs> That's Sorry. that's Sorry. that's my idol, man. That's uh, I would love. All to right, go let's, get, let's get into the podcast. I don't. I feel like whenever somebody says my idol is Willy Wonka, I feel like that just ends with dead children. So no, man, they were all fine. They were all fine, <laughs> but they were all shit kids anyway. The yeah, best kid, the the, bad, out, the bad kids. Know? Yeah, no, Willy bad, Wonka is about eugenics. If, okay, if if, if, if uh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> If the pedophile just came out, I only touch bad kids, not the good ones. <laughs> like, like, whoa, it's still whoa. Not, why do you it's think they're not, bad, dude? Yeah. What are you doing? No, nah, they're nah, gonna I'm get not, worse. Look, look, I only touch kids that have been touched before. That's the like, yo, know, <laughs> you like, so, you, okay, wait, whoa, <laughs> so all many right. questions, so many questions. <laughs> <laughs> are we even allowed to ask them? I don't know, yeah, I don't know. It's, 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 yeah, Speaking of uh, right, possible okay. pedophiles, yeah, let's get yeah, this. Let's move on to our, to our topic. Edgar Allan Poe. Oh, hey, boom, boom, boom. here yeah. we go. Here we go. All right. Yeah. Sp- First, original sad boy. Yep. <laughs> the sad boy the patron saint of the emos the out fucking, here. Yeah. Edgar Allan Poe. First okay. spooky, spooky fucker that we're doing all month okay. of October. Okay. Born January 19th, 1809 in Boston to David Poe Jr., who served in the Revolution. I think he was like quartermaster of Maryland and Elizabeth Arnold Hopkins Poe. And she was an actress slash singer. She made no money. No, made no money at all. Just born into poverty. Yeah. You know, your dad's a veteran. Your mom's yeah. actress is singing. You're not going to make any. Your parents are, are broke. No, no, no. Right? It's, it's, it's not a good time. It's not a good no, time. No. David bounces, like, uh, I think a year after his son is born, and then Elizabeth dies of tuberculosis in 1811, and he goes to live with his foster father, John Allen, in Richmond, who, like, I think he, like, was in debt whenever he first went to live with mm-hmm. them, and they're, like, moving around Richmond a yeah. lot, because he was, like, a high-finance What's banker. Richmond like? You've been to Richmond. What's that like? Is it is it is that a fun place? It's weird, man. They're, like, too... It's kind of like Houston. It's comparable to Houston in that like inner city Richmond. They're like hip parts of Richmond yeah. and like the Cary Street. They've got like all these cool ass bars and like the interior of the city cool is pretty bars. liberal and also like a a pretty sizable gay population in Richmond as well. Yeah. So you've got like hey, gay people everywhere. So yeah, that's true. You, that's true. That's the problem. But there's almost you. like a like a <laughs> like, like a reclamation <laughs> of Richmond that's that's happening to where they're like they. And then you go outside of Richmond and you're like you know you see dudes with like Confederate uh, fucking biker patches or patches yeah. on their biker jackets on motor. You're like oh okay so it's, it's v- v- Virginia's not the South so that's how I feel. E- yeah, it's, it's yeah. not the south. Mm. It's not the south. It's yeah. like it's like it, whatever yeah. the DMV is. It's like a it's like a, 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 a the Potomac, whatever that is. That's what that is. <laughs> it's Virginia's a weird, weird place. Yeah. So he's he's 
lives with, with uh, John Allen. He's doing all right, you know, just what, what do you do when you're fucking 11? You don't do much. You get an education. He's like really good at languages, especially you good at learn to French. Masturbate, but okay. Yeah, that, that comes <laughs> comes in later on. February of 1826, Poe enrolls at the University of Virginia in Charlottesville. Uh-huh. And he's like 17 at this point and already in college and he's kind of a fucking square because yeah. he's like younger than all the other students there and the students are really rowdy they like to gamble they like to drink they mm-hmm. like to fight they like to break shit they like to vandalize yeah and then also there's this there's this really interesting thing that happens when you're in college that a lot of people they have this tendency to fall massively mm-hmm. into debt mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. what Edgar does, only not through student loans, but through gambling. And so okay. he comes home like $2,000 in the hole, and he's like asking John Allen for money, which he does this a lot. He's like always yeah. grifting off of his foster father. And you know, I, 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 I did the same thing. I found the debt um, uh-huh. gambling in college right also. On. Yeah. What was, what, was, what, what was the gamble I took? Getting a sociology degree. Dude, I'll be Boom. here all week, folks. <laughs> I'll be here fucking all. No, I'll you, be here probably till spring next year. That's right. Because that's when they get a vaccine. That's when they get a vaccine. <laughs> you, can, you can come back next week. I got a whole new set for you. You can no, ask no, people who have same, seen it's me the before. Same set. It's the same set. It's the same set. <laughs> <laughs> Just add a tag or two. No. He asked, asked, asked John Allen for money, and John Allen finally just has enough of giving money to his like deadbeat foster son, and they have this falling out. And so from 1827 to 1829, he's like, fuck it. Uh, like any miscreant, I'm just going to join the army, you know? Okay. And he gets as far, as far up the ladder to sergeant major, but he can't go any further. If he's to be a commissioned officer, he needs to further his education. Okay. So he's getting his application to West Point in yeah. order. And like okay. he kind of like rebuilds the bridge with John Allen to where he's like, all right, I need help getting into West Point. You're a, a rich, upper-class Virginian. You mm-hmm. know the people. You can help me out. And he, like, yeah. you know, John Allen's like, all right, whatever, man. I'll I'll put in a good word and get people to write you good letters of recommendation and all that stuff. I get it. I hate my son, too. Cause <laughs> uh-huh. I get it's like, f- fuck him. I mean, because he's, yeah. he's got this weird, it's like, you're not my son, but also I'm in charge of you. But also, no, it's, like, it's, I've got my own wife and my own kids, and you're just kind of hanging out off to the side. But you got to think, he's, like, orphaned at age two. Yeah. And he, like, wants parental figures, and he's always looking for them, but nobody nobody wants Nobody wants. Nobody them. wants. No, no. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. Like, it's, it's, it's this weird thing where he's building the sadness uh-huh. inside his soul mm-hmm. that also... If you look at his 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 actual chances, his life and his actual like setup, there is great sadness there, but there also is like great opportunity to not be sad, yeah, to not be a little sad boy, not be a little sad, <laughs> to rise above yeah. the trepidations of depression, yeah, and and forge, you know, I don't know, yeah, forge to fucking it. do something with yourself, I guess, exactly. But he did do something with himself, but but it know, was a little sad boy stuff, it was a little sad boy stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Just whining to a page, I guess. Yeah. So mid-November of 1829, I think this is the first time that he's published, or he finds a publish publisher for Al-Araf and Tamerlane and like a bunch of his other poems. Yeah. And they're they're pretty good. They're okay. I read yeah. I read Tamerlane. It was good. I was like, okay. You know what's crazy? Is they were good because it's 
most people like couldn't read at this time. Uh-huh. So yeah. I feel like he was only publishing for like 14 people in that county. Yeah, and they're, like just, that. they're just like, oh, look, it's between these 14 people. Yeah. Pretty good. Four people don't like it. You still yeah. got those other 10. You're like, hey, yeah, well, majority says. Cre- creating a niche audience. That's what mm-hmm. we're doing that's here. All, that's, that's what 14, we're doing. 14 oh. people like us. <laughs> 14 people at a time. All yeah, right. there we go. That's all you got to do. He gets, he gets his appointment to West Point. And he's chilling at Moldavia, which is John Allen's estate for a little mm-hmm. bit, not not the actual country. And it's said at this time that he's not very often sober. He's yeah. he's hitting it kind of hard, and this is okay. the beginning of an addiction that's going to follow him through the rest of his life. I remember being 21. Come on. Hey, but it, it never it never Burnett's. left, though. It never Burnett's left. Burnett's vodka. Come on, dog. And the Weird and the, flavors. Sour, yep. uh, mm-hmm. sour milk flavored. Tuscan raspberry. Yeah. Vodka. Come on. Right? Come Tangerine on. Big time. Big vodka. Time. All right? You drink so you don't feel anything, but you feel the only thing you feel mm-hmm. is being sad. <laughs> sad you go to bed at night and you wonder why you can't wake up earlier mm-hmm. than 10 mm-hmm. o'clock every morning. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. I've still got up and did my my, my work and my job, but let's move on. <laughs> I don't I fucking hate mornings, man. Okay. He enters West Point in March of 1830, and he's pretty rigorous in his studies, and he's doing pretty good. And then Al, John Allen gets remarried because his first wife dies, who, like, Edgar actually liked John Allen's original wife, mm-hmm. Fanny Allen, and then she dies, and he John Allen gets remarried, and Edgar's like, well, what the fuck? I liked yeah. her. You didn't really give a whole lot. There wasn't a whole lot of downtime mm-hmm. between the dead wife and the new wife. And so he starts basically like throwing a tantrum at school and like ditching class yeah. and like smoking weed and, you know, not smoking weed, but uh, metaphorically smoking weed and just, mm-hmm. you know, just like acting out like a, he's just throwing a tantrum. What he doesn't get is that this is the 1830s uh-huh. and wives die. Uh-huh. A lot happens. of people, everybody dies. Your wives parents are die. Like flies. You die. Right. Yep. Everybody dies. It's a it's uh-huh. a death time. There's a it's, lot of death going around. Like yep. like today. Like, kind of like today. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> lots of plagues. Yeah. Late January. Uh, I'm sorry. He like so before he uh, yeah. Late January of 1831, he gets court-martialed, and this is when he's expelled from West Point. He's kind of chilling there until March, and he mm-hmm. starts like crowdfunding his next co- collection of poems from okay. cadets, and he gets them to put up money, and he finally does. He like publishes more poems, and in the inscription or like the dedication, he writes like to the cadets at West Point. Thank crowdfunding you for doing this. in uh-huh. 1831 equals asking niggas for money. Basically. Oh yeah, there, there was no, there was no like. Please go like this page, nah. or please share this nah. around. Hit my GoFundMe. It was like, hey yeah. man, do you have five dollars? Going up to every every dude in this crowd and being like, yo, do you got money <laughs> that you can get? Like, yeah, you know, I got a little money. Yeah. What What's the money going towards? Is it Your uh, poems? It's eighteen thirty one. I can't read, dog. I don't care about poems. Going to my poems. I just care about it's eighteen thirty one America. I just care about slavery. That's all I care about. But that's we'll get to that. Yeah. <laughs> like, Want to hear about Tamerlane? Like, no, who is that? No. <laughs> so, February of eighteen thirty one. He's kicked out of military school. He's like, you know what, man? I've had enough of it. I need to stop wasting my life. Mm-hmm. I'm going to the Big Apple. All like right. They all do. They I'm all gonna do. make it big. Move to Brooklyn. One, real quick, though, before I do that, I am going to go ask my foster father for some money. Cause I'm, we all done it. I'm going to need some money if I'm moving to the Big Apple. I, uh, You know, housing, pre- Manhattan real estate, right? It's real expensive out there. I'm going to need something to, get, mm-hmm. to scrape by on, you know? Mm-hmm. And so he gets mm-hmm. a little money, and it's like, 
it's an opportunity to like rebuild their relationship. Yeah. But he like starts that rebuilding by doing the same shit that he's done throughout their relationship. So April of 1831, he publishes Poems by Edgar Allan Poe. And, you know, it does does pretty well, right? He stays, yeah. He's staying with Maria Clem in Baltimore before he goes to NYC. I think, or maybe he like, yeah, I think he's like on the way to NYC. He gets yeah. hung up in Baltimore yeah. with Maria Clem, who's a relative. Okay. And she's a widow who like takes care of her mother, Edgar Allan Poe's brother, William okay. Henry Leonard, and okay. his first cousin, Virginia, okay. who at this time is, I think, nine. Yeah. Don't you know when you see your wife and she's nine, bro? Like, that's the one. <laughs> when, that's right. when you see your wife and you're not and she's and you like you like see a nine year old and like that'll uh-huh. be my wife one day. Yep. You're a pedophile. You're a pedophile. That's how that works. You're creeping too <laughs> yeah. hard. You gotta wait. Ugh. It's bad. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's so March twenty seventh of eighteen thirty two, John Allen dies. Yeah. And Louisa Allen, which is his his new wife, refuses to see Poe. Or even allow him to get his books because okay. she kind of senses she just knows him as the shitty foster fo- foster kid who's always asking for money, and so yeah. he like comes back to the estate or he's like in Richmond and like writing yeah. to her, and yeah. she's like, no, I'm not. I don't even want him here because there were some complications with John Allen's will or whatever. And yeah. Poe's like, well, can I at least get my books? Like, I really want, really got some good shit on the shelf that I really want to read. And she's like, you can't, you can't even have those. Yeah, and. And, and and this is so, I think, in eighteen thirty two, this is where he publishes like his first like like one of his first short stories, right? He's now he's publishing short stories. Yeah. And this is a part. Uh, this is where he publishes uh, Metz Zingerstein, mm-hmm. uh, a tale of imitation of of the German. I think it is a German tale that's that's kind of similar to this. Um, and it's it's uh, <laughs> this is where you're gonna see. Post writings for black people are not great. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't mean like, oh, they're just like not great. Like we don't like we don't like the way the narrative unfolds. Mm-hmm. I mean like the black characters in these ways that uh, Poe talks about stuff are very uh, racist. Let's mm-hmm. put it that way. Yeah. And specifically in Metzingerstein, mm-hmm. Poe uh, Poe it expresses he's a man of his time. So he is from Virginia and he is from 18, 1830s Virginia writing about stuff. So Metzingerstein is written in 1832, and that's and it's it's just a story about uh, the Blitz Blitzkinger Blitz Blitzinger family. I don't know these fucking German names. The Blitzinger family and the Metzingerstein family. Blitzinger, but uh-huh. the Blitz, uh, the Blitzing family is like they own horses, and then the last heir of the Metzingerstein family, they like hate each other, and the last heir to the Metzingerstein family burns down their barn. Uh, of the Bletzinger family, uh, with where all the horses were that they love so much, and then uh, that that heir that Metzing, uh, fuck, God damn it, Metzingerstein family heir, then like uh, basically has a horse, like finds his own horse that was in that barn, and he falls in love with that horse, and then that horse rides him into a fire, and uh-huh. it's just basically like a big metaphor for how like people shouldn't be abolitionists. Uh-huh. Because like the horse being black people will end up killing them when free. Yeah. Like anyway, <laughs> like you, you in, got Metzingerstein as the abolitionist yeah. who's like wanting to free this horse. Yeah. And, like in the in the short story itself, he's got like very if 
once you have that in your head and you read the descriptions of the horse, you're like, ooh. Yeah. <laughs> ooh. Because he's like, yeah, describing it as very like demonic and animalistic. And you're like, okay. And then you can, you can realize that he's from Virginia. And yeah. then this is a year or half a year that when he's publishing this after Nat Turner's rebellion. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? And then if you go through more of his writings, you go like to the, the narrative of Arthur Gordon Pym, um, of Nantucket where he, they've on this good, this boy's like world travels. He, uh, there's a, there's a, on, on a boat, there's a rebellion by a cook or a mutiny by a cook, and it's led by a black cook, and they, they have to put down this black cook's rebellion. And then also, there's like they they go to like a island full of black people, and the black person dies when it touches ultimate whiteness. Um, oh. Like oh. like um, oh. the murders of Ru, of Rue Morgue. Um, the maid that he has in that is just like be just doing sambo impressions, basically. Yeah. So like, just bringing this up just because. I, as somebody who like was exposed to Poe in school, I didn't like the nigga because he was a sad boy. Uh-huh. But diving into this more, I'm like, I don't like him because he's a racist sad boy. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, they never teach those ones. They you never teach I mean? you those. They're like, oh, they never teach follow you the House of Usher, yeah. Annabelle Lee, yeah. The Raven, Telltale Heart. What tell, like, what? All we did was Telltale Heart. And then like, I, I'm delving into this and I'm like, oh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> What did Poe's heart have to tell? It was um, racism. It, it was, was racism. racism. It was calling people the <laughs> N-word. <laughs> like, yep. So October 19th of 1834, he submits for a competition sponsored by a Baltimore paper, which is the Saturday Visitor, and he wins, and his piece called Message Found in a Bottle is published. And some people yeah. think it, it's a it's a hoax that he put, because it, it's actually pretty good. It's like he... Uh, He's like supposedly a sailor who's like writing about this ship that just appears out of nowhere mm-hmm. and he gets on the ship and it's basically like crewed by the damned. And he's like, I'll put this message inside of a bottle and send it out at sea and hopefully somebody finds it so they can see all this weird shit that happened. However, I've also heard that it was like partly plagiarized and that mm-hmm. he, he, he plagiarized a lot. Like, yeah. Or there are at least accusations of him committing. He's heavy handed. He yeah. was heavy-handed, and, and oh, and I would like to be less heavy-handed and be and tell everybody that the that that uh, that that critique of Poe of his like racism comes from a article. Uh, his system, uh, Poe, absolute Poe, his system of transcend, transcendental racism by Maurice S. Lee. You know, we got articles. We be citing mm-hmm. niggas. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? You know, Some, we, sometimes we, we don't. Not, this ain't just coming out of our ass. You know? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not this all. good. I'm not this good. <laughs> transcendental racism? Come yeah, on. That's, I don't that's even know a what transcendental <laughs> means. Half of that shit I didn't understand, honestly. But I got it. He was racist. I got yeah, that part. There you go. <laughs> 1835, he gets a job offer to work for the Southern, Southern Literary Messenger out of Richmond. And this is around the same time that he's like courting his younger cousin, Virginia, who at this time is age 13. So at least she's yeah. not nine, but it's, it's still, still not he, still he, weird. He got he got he saw a nine year old was like yeah I'm gonna fuck yeah, that's, that one that's, day. That's, that's, that's the one pedophilia. That's, <laughs> that's what that one. is. That's what that yep. means. August. We don't of, need Chris Hansen to tell us what pedophilia is. No, man. <laughs> like, we know, we know. August of 1835, Maria, Maria Clem, whom whom they call Muddy, she writes to him saying that she's hit 
financial difficulties. She needs some help. And their other cousin, this guy Nielsen Poe, has made an offer to take them both in and, like, pay for Virginia's education because, like, Poe's courting of Virginia's public knowledge. And so Nielsen Poe hears about this, and he's like, hey, man, she's kind of young. Like, I don't know. Let's maybe get her out of this situation. And Poe's trying to ward this off as much as he can. He's like coming back like no i can get a job look it i'll do it i'll do it i'll get a job you don't need his fucking money and everybody's yeah. kind of worried that he's gonna like kill himself because of all this and then september 22nd of 1835 poe's back in baltimore he takes out a marriage license mm-hmm. for him and virginia and they perhaps get privately married to where there's like the record's a little obfuscated on this because they get remarried they get yeah. married later but like it has to be private because publicly everybody will be like, hey, what you doing this with that is, child, is, nigga? It's <laughs> <this is laughs> like, weird, <laughs> man. What are you doing? Hey, put down the kid, dog. <laughs> <laughs> you, go, you go to the bridal shop like, um, yes, sir. We don't make dresses in this in this size. Yeah. Like, what are you, what are you doing? You know? No, this, 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 this is for the logistics dog? of this. No, this is for my wife. This is for my wife. It's See, like, I was yeah. concerned when I thought it was for a doll, but now I'm going to have to call the authorities. I gave so. you the out, okay? Yeah, and I you swatted you, it down. You know, what are you doing, man? I don't, I'm just like, uh, I'm like literally just like a slave. I don't even want to be here. And you're making my life more difficult <laughs> by, by trying to fuck kids. Yeah, man. Me. It's, it's, it's <laughs> bad. It's bad. Yeah. Early October of 1835, he returns to Richmond with Virginia, whom they call Sissy. So Sissy and Muddy are his like immediate family. <laughs> this is all rapey. This it's is all weird. just a rapey, rape, 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 plastic <laughs> field adventure. <laughs> Wonderland. Yeah, one, wonder rape land. It. It's yeah, what's wonder, what. It's okay, let's keep it. <laughs> reemployed as an editor, not editor of the Messenger, because he initially had a falling out, and then he got like yeah. reemployed as editor not editor and he advised thomas white the owner of the messenger who to publish he's like giving critiques knocking other people's shit down mm-hmm. editorials and then also using it as a platform to publish his own stuff and his critiques yeah. are very like arrogant and very yeah. haughty and they're very like class-based like this is this is shit and his main strategy and it's a strategy you still kind of see today with some shit is just scoff at everything condescend all the time and just knock shit down that he would knock shit down that everyone else was saying was like great like oh this is this is the part that i agree with is like knock shit down if something's bad say it's bad you know if something if people don't get caught up in the hype that everyone's like oh this is this is such a good a good work it's like no if it's bad it's bad don't don't just go with the go with the herd no, I mean, also he's probably knocking down good shit, also too. Probably, probably. It's like this is it. This isn't my stuff. That's yep. That's <laughs> so, why you can't really trust other writers' opinions on a lot of exactly. stuff because if it's better than yours, they're gonna be like, it's absolute shit. I hate it. But they hate yeah. it because they didn't write it. You know. Yeah. And the whole well, thing with it, with the arrogance is it's it's designed to get dumb people to think like, oh, only smart people are arrogant. Like he wouldn't be. Who would think that? This. Oh yeah, no, so, if, this is they- if if he was smart, you know. This is the 1830s. No, yeah. pe- people are people. Are, I mean, look, people are stupid. I say as There's, we sit in 2020. But yeah. let's move on. Only <laughs> arrogant people are, are. Only smart people are arrogant. So yeah, if you just look, be arrogant, you know, you can kind of uh, hurdle over being smart, I guess. But he's like able to build up his national reputation. And then 1836, he's like remarried to Virginia officially, but this time yeah. it's like public. 
And then other magazines start to call Whiteout, the owner of the paper, for publishing all these libelous reviews because there's only so many toes that you can step on. Mm -hmm. And then he's retired, quote unquote, from the magazine in like early 1837. That's just a and, and anybody who like knows sports, that's mm-hmm. just hey man, that's how you get out of the contract. I retire and then uh-huh. I appear with another team. Yep. Boom. Boom. <laughs> Boom. Gone. Anytime you see like the words retired, it's like, oh really? Oh, yeah. you mean he retired from that government post? Really? He retired as postmaster general? Like you can nah, really, you can I retire. I mean, you can the people do be old and retiring. Mm-hmm. But like well, sometimes well not not no more because like our generation not gonna be able to retire because nope. you know, we ain't we ain't got shit. Let's move on. Let's stop being sad. We're not doing sad boy stuff. <laughs> we're not we're not doing this post shit. You know we're not doing post shit. So eighteen thirty eight, he moves from New York City to Philadelphia, and he's trying mm-hmm. to get a job, a government job. He's got this guy. He like knows the Navy secretary, and he's broke as fuck. Like his mm-hmm. family is living on bread and molasses most of the time, which is just a, yeah. <laughs> just a sad life. Which like, is bread and honey. Which is bread and honey. Sc- scooping out honey, yeah. putting yeah. on some bread, yeah. and just chewing it down. Which is, which like, is how I how I got through college. But let's move on. Yeah, man, that's <laughs> what a writer's salary will will yeah. afford you. You know, bread, yeah. bread and molasses. Spring of thirty nine, he finds employment under William Evans Burton, who's an yeah. English actor. He's got the Burton's Gentleman's Magazine, and he starts taking swings at like larger literary figures, most notably Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. And he's like, "You're all just a bunch of fucking hacks, and you steal everything you've ever mm-hmm. written. You just this, f- is, this is called being on Twitter. You, mm-hmm. you got to take shots. Exactly. You got to take shots, big dog. You got to take shots. Like, like I'm yep. taking shots at mad people uh-huh. saying mad disrespectful things. <laughs> I call, I called, look, I called, I called, um, I called, who I called? I called, I called, I called Michael Dayday a pedophile before I even got into comedy mm-hmm. on Twitter. Why? Because I was trying to get into the game. That's how you yeah, get man. into the game. Yep. That's how it happens. You just start adding people, you know, yeah. at them, and then they, they take a notice of you. Then they read you their other shit, and maybe they're like, oh. I saw he's, one. He's dude, actually good. Like, There's one know. dude I want that I I, uh, I want to, I would like to get into maybe some, some soccer writing maybe in the in the in, in the future football uh-huh. like, whatever you want to call it. I called somebody on uh, on Twitter the other day. Uh, he said he was fucking out of his mind for his fucking <laughs> review of what the fuck he did. Yo, he's <laughs> fucking out of your mind. Just on just on Twitter. I don't know this guy, but that's what you gotta do to get into the game. Baby. I called somebody on Twitter a windbag of propaganda. Okay. See, I was proud of that one. You don't do it. You don't do it right. <laughs> Nobody, no, like niggas would see that and be like, "Oh, oh, all right, that's okay." Niggas use some words and shit. You gotta, <laughs> you gotta go scathing. You know? No, was, you have oh. to, you have to, you have to critique their moms. Have to say their mom is a uh, whore, okay. and, they, and their children will never be nothing. They will end up uh, working at a at a at an enterprise car rental yep. when they forty eight. You know what I mean? Or a fucking not, not the manager. Man. Yep. Nope. Now Foot Locker is actually pretty cool, so you need to chill out. Well, okay. I mean, I no, let's the, move on. Let's move on. I think let's the enterprise job would be a little bit. I know, no, December 1839, okay, yeah, yeah. he gets a collection of short stories published in Tales of the Grotesque and Arabesque. I think that that's the thing he published. It wasn't like a, yeah. it wasn't an anthology or anything. And all this work it like enhances his national reputation, yet he's poorly received in Boston because there are some yeah. cities you just don't hit in. Yeah. June of 1840, he leaves Burton's. He's got like a really messy falling out because he's fucking drunk all the time and bumming money off of his boss and his boss is just deducting it from his salary. Yeah. And then his boss also finds out that like <laughs> Poe wants to start his own <laughs> his own magazine and he's been like advertising his own magazine or taking out advertisements in other magazines saying, hey, Edgar Allan, the Edgar Allan Poe is going to start his own magazine called The Pen. 
and it's going to be the, it's going to blow your mind how how it's going to be huge right yeah this reminds me of how uh dr umar johnson uh i stuck the, 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 the said he was gonna have a school for years and the school uh-huh. never materialized a school yep. that like taught kind of afrocentric leaning teachings and it just never happened and a lot of you a lot of you niggas gave your money to that school but it's wild all right let's move on <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it just never happens because he just yeah. never got his shit together. I mean, where else? Was, where else? What other podcast are you gonna get a Umar, a Doctor Umar <laughs> Johnson uh, <laughs> anecdote about what that combines about with Edgar, Edgar Allan Poe? Poe? Come on, we're, we're the Nowhere truth, else. guys. We're, <laughs> we're the truth. We're doing the Lord's work out <laughs> here, all right? Fucking coins, and by coins I mean more listens than we have. Well, more listens. Yeah. <laughs> February 1841, Burton sells his mag to George Rex Graham, who merges it with another, and he like enlarges his circulation, and he does so by playing it straight down the fucking middle. Avoid all controversy because there's like a there's like a growing population of women readers in like yeah. the early 1840s no, that he's trying to he's trying to appeal to them, you know? Okay, sexism, but I move on. I mean, maybe I don't know. The women don't like controversy. Have you seen the E network? Well, no, no, no. It was. Have you seen Bravo? It was like, <laughs> like a. It was. Like, uh, that's, that's fair. That's fair. Like, like, exploding cakes and all that it, shit. Yeah, it's what? pretty crazy. What's exploding cakes? I'm thinking of Hallmark movies, not Bravo. Wow. Oh yeah, no, that is drama. There's a lot of drama. Yeah, there's a lot of. There's a lot of it's the same shit. How is her husband gonna try to murder her? <laughs> On the next episode yeah. of Hospital Sex Racket. I don't know. Okay, see, that's not a lifetime movie. That's just porn. Let's, all right. All right, all right. All right, we're done with that. So he's talking to, Poe's talking to Graham about starting his own magazine, and Graham's like, hey, man, I'll pay for it. Which, what a fucking sucker, right? Like, this dude's record is is shit. And Poe's like, really? I'm going to start, you know, getting, like, get these contributors. Or he starts writing to all the people who he formerly added and accused them of being hacks and, and plagiarists. He was like, hey, man. I didn't mean it before. If you want to collab on this magazine, uh, yeah. it would be totally cool with me, man. It's gonna be, it's gonna be huge. It's gonna be the biggest magazine. You want to get in this on the ground floor, all right? That's uh, Edgar Allan Poe inventing negging, eighteen forty-two. There you go. It's been a yes. thing. It's been yes. a thing. I, you're, you're ugly. You'll never be nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, your, one of your boobs doesn't work the same way as your other boob. Nope. Your teeth are yellow. Yep. Um, your college, you're, you didn't go to a real college. You went to ITT mm-hmm. Tech, but. You want to go on a date? This is do, how you do. You want to smash? Stuff. Yep. Okay, that's a little bit grotesque. All right. Okay. All right. March of 1842, he leaves Graham's magazine and he starts drinking heavily to cope uh-huh. with Virginia's illness because she yeah. also gets tuberculosis. And this is something I didn't know: <laughs> is that a hell of people were dying of tuberculosis, and I just I don't feel like that's a I don't know how big of a concern that is anymore. But, yeah. like, Indira Gandhi's family was plagued by tuberculosis. Yeah. Poe's family, like, fucking Ulysses S. Grant. I think yeah. somebody in his family died of tuberculosis. It's like, it was a huge deal. I'm like, what, yeah. the, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah, diseases can kill you. People yeah. don't seem to ever get to, that. To grasp that, that yeah. it's, a, it's yeah. a historic phenomenon that yeah. people get sick. And sometimes when people get die. sick, then they die and, like, Diseases or sometimes can mutate and get stronger and or more sometimes like it cripples you, you but you sometimes it cripples you sometimes you become president sometimes you get people you know working class solutions but that's uh-huh. a whole different thing All right, mm-hmm. let's move on. <laughs> so she's uh, the way they know about the tuberculosis is that she's like singing at home one time and she just starts like bleeding from the mouth and it's like oh shit and it's kind of public knowledge that virginia is really sick 
Yo, that would be crazy, but at the same time, that would, that would work so well in a rap battle. Oh, like, yeah. oh, your mama is a hoe, and then bleeding from the uh-huh. mouth. Oh, yeah, man. This like, you know, is how dope my, my, bar, my bars are, so, you know? that made yep. me sick, and I just started mm-hmm. bleeding from the mouth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Coughing. Okay. 1842, Poe is moving toward a government position at the Philadelphia Customs House. However, there's been like a purge under Zachary Taylor, the president, and his contact, the guy who was supposed to get the job through, uh, says like vehemently, he's like, Edgar Allan Poe, this job is not happening. Uh, I'm not supposed to, I've been instructed by the president not to hire anybody. And so on March of 43, Poe, this crazy, crazy dude, he just goes to Washington, D.C. He's Mm -hmm. basically like, well, I'll see about that myself and he basically just like this is during the time in american history where you could just like show up at the president's house as anybody and just be like hello yes i'd like to talk to the president is he in you can just be anybody because you could like you just not be like you could be black and then like okay that's fair yeah Yeah, that's true so so check your privilege very true let's move to the next let's move to the next point in his story okay (laughs) (laughs) they always forget about us don't they no but let's keep moving And he's also there to like find subscribers for his magazine, and he like can't can't see his contact because he's sick and he has no money, so he has to he has to leave. Mid eighteen forty three, he's like publishing in other magazines. He's keeping busy. He's mm-hmm. like republishing old stuff by like t- making a few tweaks and just being like, "No, it's never been published before, you stupid jackass." And then this mm-hmm. is also the time that he writes "The Pit and the Pendulum" and "Gold Bug," which are okay. two of his more notable works. From November of 43 to March of 44, he's on a speaking tour called The Poetry of America, just hitting around different different venues and on the stump talking about how everyone else sucks and he is the quintessential ideal of a poet. And then April of 44, he moves from Philadelphia back to New York, publishing pieces in this thing called The Evening Mirror. And it's mostly essays about like what city life was like to people who would never live in the city. Like, he yeah. calls it in the book, he calls it hack work because he's just, it, his heart's not in it, but he's got to yeah. do it. You know what I mean? No, I mean, you sometimes look, sometimes you got to write things that you're not into. Should, yeah. You know what I mean? That's that's the life of a writer. Uh-huh. You think, like, if I, like, if I, if, if, if people were to give me the soccer jobs to cover soccer that I would like to get uh-huh. uh, one day, this is just a fantasy that I've had this week. This okay. is not even something I've even seriously pursued. In this fantasy, I would, so uh-huh. I would have to like watch a uh, MC Gladbeck uh, versus Stuttgart game in the Bundesliga, and nobody cares about that Man, game. Man, are those but, are those even words? Yeah, those are, yeah, <laughs> those, are those are words and teams and places with, okay. with <laughs> in the top flight of German soccer. Okay, the Bundesliga. It's a great game. It's a great, great it's, league. It doesn't, yeah, it doesn't yeah. exactly roll off the tongue, but it's no, there. it doesn't. <laughs> Nothing in that place rolls off the tongue, except for except for hate in except the concentration hate. camps. Hey-o. Yeah, hate will right. come sliding down that tongue like a slip and slide. No, right. so their their hate would pull up in a train on time. <laughs> okay, on time. All right. <laughs> then he's get his he gets he's writing all this hack work, just unhappy with what he's doing, and then as tends to happen. When you're in the midst of, of freaking writer's block or just despairing and everything you write you hate, you get your breakthrough. And he gets mm-hmm. a big breakthrough. January 29th of 1845, Evening Mirror publishes The Raven. 
boom. This is like a huge success yeah. for Poe. His most notable, famous work. He fucking explodes nationally. He is at this time thirty six, right? Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. That's that's often what happens when you're just about to give up and move yep. back home. Yep, move yep. back home to Richmond and write more weirdly allegorical stuff about slavery. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, and it's yeah. Like, I can just yeah, play not, it. <laughs> yeah, just just because we we'll call it hate speech, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> it gets his big break. This is like, yep. This Wait, is, this what did is... you call it before? You had a great, you had a great line before we when we were talking about it. Um, before, um, it was. It was oh uh, one of the maid characters yeah like the stuff that he wrote for the maid character was yeah uh, just vocal, uh, vocal blackface, blackface. <laughs> literary that's blackface. not my line literary that's not blackface. literary blackface <laughs> that's your line but I heard vocal black blackface from somebody else but no, literary okay. blackface is also it's apt it's you know apt yeah. <laughs> It's February of 45. He shifts to working for the Broadway Journal because you publish something as successful as a Raven. You got more options. And so he like moves up the rung. And it's yeah. like a pretty big New York City magazine. And he starts writing reviews of plays. And he like, you know, he has to go to the place, obviously. And he's fucking ruthless. Like he's back to his old tricks. He says that one play is, quote, a mere jumble of unmeaning rant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, this shit sucks, man. I mean, some of these plays do be like that. I have been off Broadway, and it'd uh-huh. just be like, come on, bro. You're going to try to... <laughs> with that? Come on. Uh-huh. <laughs> come on, Doug. Midsummer Night's Dream. You're going to tell mm-hmm. me that's not a mere jumble of unmeaning rant? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some, somebody's going to leave a, a review of our podcast <laughs> as a, a mere jumble of unmeaning And they'd be right. They would be that right. That would be so funny. I, okay. Matt, I hope be, someone please, does. Please don't. They do it, but leave five stars. At leave least. five stars. <laughs> please. But say a mere jumble, <laughs> jumble of unmeaning That would be great. Rant. That would be great. Yeah. March 1st of 45, this, uh, this guy, quote unquote, Otis. Otis with a U. Yeah. Publishes. <laughs> you know it's fake. Yeah. publishes something in a wow. paper about plagiarism says parallel thinking is not plagiarism and he compares the raven to another pre-existing poem and it's speculate he's like otis is doing yeah. this in defense of longfellow and mm-hmm. otis might have been poe because okay. like otis quote unquote claims to be a friend of longfellow but longfellow's like i have no Otis with a U? Come on, I've never thing. heard of this motherfucker. Like, come this, on. This, this is a weird thing that they used to be able to get. This is this is really well, not used to. They do the same same yeah, thing now. Make a fake account. Make a fake fake Twitter account, and they'd yep. be like, "Oh no, people try to come at me. I'm just gonna add, I'm just gonna add them and like argue in my own Twitter comments. Yes, because I'm a sociopath <laughs> and I don't have <laughs> yeah, anything else to does, do. Man. Yeah, like you fucking like, bro. How about you like just chill out? How about you chill out? You're, like you're you're schizoid. This this schizoid dichotomy down the center of your skull is playing itself out in a in a public medium. That's ins- that's what, what Poe does, do. though. You know what you should do? You should just chill the fuck out. You should chill go the down, fuck out. Go down to Chinatown, get a happy ending, and just uh-huh. enjoy the the bed of sex trafficking mm-hmm. that our society mm-hmm. is built upon. The like, bedrock. <laughs> the of, bedrock. Of American Listen, society. Looking yep. at you, Robert Kraft. Come on, hey. big dog. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he's doing. Is yeah. Poe is just arguing with himself in a in a public forum. Longfellow doesn't say shit. He stays out of it. He's like, I'm just gonna let Poe burn burn himself out, basically. Yeah. And he becomes like obsessed with with plagiarism. And other people can't help but take notice. They're like, Hey, uh, how is Poe doing? He seems to be kind of 
slipping. And of course yeah. he is. Like he's drinking. He's getting sloppy. He's asked to like give the deliver the annual poem at NYU, and he's just like drunk the entire week because of the pressure of having to do that. That he's like, I'm just gonna fucking block that shit out. Like, I've, so I've he been, doesn't end yeah. up giving the shit. I've been at NYU, around NYU in 2013. You went around with the fake ID. That's uh-huh. the only place. Oh, yeah, I forgot my fake ID denied there, but I was hammered, dog. Blackout. Damn. Not blackout, but like, yeah, I mean, just running around, hey, doing that, doing yeah. a lot of that. To, to okay. all the bartenders that double check a fake ID, I just want to say, like, fuck you. you know? Yeah, I know, dude, you know, I know you're doing what, your job. What is also, what is like, any of on. this? What, is, uh, what, uh, what are IDs? Come on, bro. Uh-huh. What, is, <laughs> what, are you, what are you doing? You know, legal drinking age in Australia is 18. Come on, big Come dog. On. What are you doing? Come on, be a big dog. And he's like hanging out at the literary soirees, like rubbing shoulders with the the literary high society. Mm-hmm. And he begins a flirtation with Francis Fanny Osgood, who's mm-hmm. another poem. And they start writing poetry back and forth. And he's still married to his child bride. Keep in mind, who's still sick. And he's like, eh, I can I can flirt with other women. It's no big deal. <laughs> Only thing worse than 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 pedophilia, fucking and marrying a child, isn't cheating on that child bride. How dare you, nigga? How fucking dare you? Stand cheat? by. Your decisions, Stand man. by <laughs> the the woman that you have uh, molested and raped. Stand uh-huh. by her. Stand and by. Yeah, that is. This is. This is. Don't bad. be over here flowing whatever way the fucking breeze blows. He right? is Come trash. On, He's just a trash <laughs> ass dude. And like, yes, he invented. He invented the the kind of the, the American short story uh, and the detective stories. Yeah, yeah. He yeah he did it. Okay, but he is. Like human garbage. <laughs> we gotta. We gotta tra- can you can you blame it on his childhood? Maybe. No. Is that enough? No. No. I don't, th- I no. don't think so. No, no, it's not enough for you to pass statu- the buck statu- off to somebody else. Yeah. Your, no. okay, your cousin no. and <laughs> October sixteenth of forty five. He's supposed to like give a sp- like open the Lyceum session. That's like some poetry event in Boston. Okay. If they're gonna teach Edgar Allan Poe in, 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 in schools, I should be able to listen to R. Kelly every once in a while. Okay. <laughs> okay. Fair, that's, <laughs> like, that's, like, that's fair enough. I think. Like, yeah. Just yeah. by myself, not in a public uh, setting. Not a <laughs> and not get any shit. All right. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like supposed to write a new poem for this event, but he's like doesn't write it for a long time because he's too busy stressing and then he writes it and then he's delivering it and he spends the first 15 minutes of the speech just apologizing for how bad it is he's like mm-hmm. i'm sorry this is such shit i i've i'm going to, i'm going through it right now man hey man stop my being child sad. bride is dying all right stop being sad you're ruining you're ruining the day for the rest of us we're just trying to have live a good life i have tuberculosis i'm gonna die in three years yes just dabbing him with his cloth like, yeah. oh jeez and he like saves it with a saves his set with a reading of the Raven, and then Rue's come out. He's like uh, just fragile as fuck. Yeah. Late October of forty five, he becomes a sole editor of the Evening Mirror, and yeah. he's unable to keep it afloat. He's just like taking out loans, but they're never enough, and he's just drinking away, and it collapses by January of forty six. May of that year, they move to Fordham, which is like in the Bronx. Uh, so it's, it's like. Bronx. Yeah, hey, yo, it is. Hey, hey, hey Fordham Road, shout know. out, baby. You know what I mean? Okay. It's, it's the Bronx, and it is where, um, as Big Body Best says, you get all your good leathers. <laughs> get all your good leather jackets. Right. Come on, G. Okay. That's where you get all your good leathers and your shoes. Come on, wildin'. All right. You know if, I, I mean? if I'm ever in Fordham, I you will. Get, you get, I'll get you a good leather. I'll get it. Get you a good leather. I'll, I'll get a good leather. Get you a good leather jacket. 
Okay. <laughs> go see a Yankees game. Cause like that's all like right there. It's a very fun block. Very fun. Okay. Very cool. very immigrant friendly. Love love for them. Love a lot of good right. food. A yeah. Probably a lot of like, lot good of, restaurants. Lot and of, shit. Also like like little Italy's like right around. Yo, the Bronx is amazing, my nigga. Why do people? Okay, that's why they don't want to tell people it's that good. Mm. <laughs> it's really we're just, good. We're blowing up the spot, man. Yeah, we yeah, yeah. So we should shut up. We should finish the podcast. <laughs> All right. So he moves to Fordham, and Virginia's in very ill health at this point. He publishes The Literati of NYC, which Mm -hmm. is a 38-part essay series, and it's basically a tell-all about all the people he used to be friends with at this literary soiree. Like, yeah, man, bet you didn't know that Henry Wadsworth Longfellow has a drinking problem, and he's a little bit of an opium addict. Bet you didn't know that Gerald Rufus Griswold likes to watch uh, people have sex in the closet while he jerks off. Bet you didn't know all this weird shit about all these people. But I do not include that I am a pedophile who yeah. is cheating on my dad, on, on my dying child bride. On my dying child bride. On my dying child bride. Okay. Like, at least <laughs> be faithful to your dying child bride. Am I right? That's just <laughs> a step up. That's where he crosses the line. I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> and this oh. pisses off everybody in New yeah. York City. And they're like writing it's, responses. It's, and- is nobody like, yo, I, he, the, the dude had, dude, dude, first of all, the dude had a dead child bride. That's the, a, a dying child bride. Does nobody I say that? I don't know if they had any room to talk. I'm gonna be honest. No, oh, yeah, everybody. Some was of them kids. probably. Yeah, everybody was, was being 18, weird 40, at this point. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, a lot, a lot of yeah, yeah, a lot, a lot of like, kids and yeah, slavery, like yeah. <laughs> slavery and pedophilia going on. Yeah, yeah, not that different from today, I guess. Uh, yeah, no, slavery still exists in around the world. It's a, it's a thing. It's very, sad very, world. It's very <laughs> sad world. There's a lot yeah. of pedophilia. Pedophilia. Just watch Chris Hansen. I don't, I don't know who that is. I don't no, that's the guy that comes up. Hey, I'm uh, it's Chris Hansen, and, and you're on uh, To Catch a Predator. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, come right on. on right Chris on. Hansen, big guy. And so he gets sued. Poe gets sued for libel at one point, and that case is cleared. And then he sues somebody else for libel. But before that suit is resolved, January 47, his, wi- his, uh, his, his wife, Virginia Allen, Sissy, yeah. the dying child bride, she dies of tuberculosis. And Poe and Muddy enter a period of mourning, and he wins that libel suit against mm-hmm. him, so he gets some money. And at this time, he's also like, I don't want to say he's relieved that she's dead, but the thing is, is that the way it was explained in the book I read, Kenneth Silverman, Mournful and Never-Ending Remembrance, his biography of Poe, he said that she was sick for so long and he was like going back and forth of she would get really sick and then he would get really depressed and then she would recover and he'd be really happy only for her to get sick again and he would get really depressed. And a lot of his other works, they frequently feature like a dying woman or a woman who has died or a woman who was ill or a woman who has passed. And so it's like now he's got like closure at least and he knows that he's not going to be jerked around on this emotional roller coaster. However, he like immediate. He like recovers through forty seven to forty eight, and something that kind of pokes hole into that theory is that like forty seven to forty eight, he's giving lectures, yeah. but also like courting a lot of ladies. So it's it, not even a year out, and the same thing that he critiqued John Allen for prior to, he engages in 
himself. So uh, it's fa- son, uh, the, so the fa- so, uh, sons are just yeah. like fathers. One and also yeah. she was uh, Virginia uh, or Sissy was twenty five uh, at this time when she died. Yeah. So he's probably like not into that because he is a pedophile. So he yeah. is like so he is like yo I gotta get rid- I gotta get rid of this chick. And yeah, like, yeah, uh, so, yeah. You know maybe, so maybe, maybe. But all all the ladies that he started courting after, I think they they weren't they weren't young. They uh-huh. were all uh-huh. no, the ones like, you know of 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 the that's ones, true. Yeah. That's true too. Come on, big dog. That's true too. Come on, come on. Sometimes may, you, may afford... you got to take it underground. I got too much heat on you. Yeah, man. Yeah, you, you, you just got you got everybody on your tail yeah. now that you wrote that thirty-eight part series, Literati yeah. NYC. Everybody's yeah. everybody's waiting for you to fuck yeah. up. Uh huh. May of forty-eight. He writes Annabelle Lee. As and, they should uh, be, because he's a pedophile. Let's slide. I just want to. Yep. I just want to. Okay. <laughs> yeah, they should be, because he is a pedophile. And all the women think in Annabelle Lee, oh, he's talking about me. Oh, he's because mm-hmm. like he builds a huge house of cards in the summer of '48. He's courting like four or five different women. Mm-hmm. And something I will say about building a house of cards: if you're gonna do it, you shouldn't do it. But if you're gonna do it, you never build it out of queens. All right. You can build the house of cards at Queens. No, they're no, still no. just cards. No, because it's gonna collapse. But these these women are queens, and you don't want to build the house of cards out of these queens. Yeah, I see what you're trying to do, and I, I see what you like did. Huh? You like literally like I was you, ready for you it. stepped aside, but then like yeah, yeah but like the, look, it's not a good metaphor. And let's just kind of keep going with egg, egg I thought it was pretty bad. It's pretty bad. But let's move on. It's pretty bad. Okay. <laughs> it's pretty bad. Selling I'm going Hel- to let you get that off. <laughs> <laughs> Sarah Helen Whitman is the closest to winning his favor. They're writing poems back and forth. She's also widowed. So that's that's a plus. Common ground. Things in common. Mm-hmm, <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. So October through November, he proposes to her. She writes to him basically saying like, oh, I'm kind of... I'm kind of older than you and I think I'm going to die soon and I don't really want to put you through that again after what just happened to to your wife. Yeah. And he like he's like in Lowell, Massachusetts for a lecture. He's staying with the the family known as the Richmonds and he begins a romance with this woman Annie Richmond mm-hmm. in the presence of her own husband. But they're at the point in the marriage where it's like, "Oh, I don't really give a shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you got your little boyfriend? Like, okay, cool. Whatever. Yeah, no, like, you, you do get there. Give it, give, it, give it 10 years. You'll get there. Yeah, you're just like, all right, somebody pay attention to you. Just shut up. <laughs> anyway. It's not surviving quarantine well over there, I see. We're doing fine. We're doing fine. Uh-huh. I just, uh, mm. we're, doing, we're doing swell. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. <laughs> so Helen writes to him at Lowell. And he storms off immediately for Providence to figure out what the fuck's going on with their uh, with their proposal. And then November 4th of 48, he attempts suicide by taking a huge dose of laudanum, which is opium powder mixed in alcohol. And he mm-hmm. just drinks a shit ton of it. He's like, I don't want to live anymore. And uh, he survives. And just then because after, he was sad? Just because he was a little sad? Just because he was sad and worried okay. about, his, about all these women that he was playing with. And uh, somehow he gets a conditional engagement out of Helen. And okay. she wants him to stop drinking, and uh, he's like, "You're just gonna have to accept me the the way I am. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna stop that shit." Okay. That's and nobody really approves. Well, that's why I am. You know what I mean, yeah, I'm gonna drink. I'm gonna be a drunk. Yep. But nope. if you'll love me, you'll 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 put a blanket. You'll on put me up with when with I that put, shit. when I pass out in the kitchen. When I when I get the shakes, and you'll clean up the vomit uh, on the floor. The you know. Jesus Christ! I didn't know they like to talk about those. <laughs> And no one really approves of this marriage. Everybody's like, eh, he's kind of a mess. And he's just spiraling. And then January of 49, marriage is called off. 
Poe goes to Annie Richmond in Lowell, and she hears that the marriage was called off, and she turns him away because she was second in line, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then rumors are being stirred by this family, the Locks, primarily yeah. Jane Locke, who was another of the queens that he was playing with. Yeah. And so she's like, she she's upset that he came to her third, and yeah. so like now the whole thing comes tumbling down. You know yeah. what I mean? He's just stopping in every town on the way. Yeah, just like, just like please, just twelve I, other women. I am like, a big baby man, yeah, and yeah. I need somebody to take care of me. I need somebody to take care of me. Though. April of forty nine. He's back in back in Fordham. Muddy's worried about him. He's got an offer from a guy in St. Louis to form a magazine. And yeah. uh, I don't know if you know it, but uh, St. Louis is kind of a step down from anywhere. Like nothing good happens. Whenever you feel the need to to move to St. Louis, you just gonna come. You just gotta shoot Brad Gray. That's exactly what it is. That's the shot you, Brad. Always gonna come crawling back. Oh, just just because you just because you don't do a podcast, just because the regular dude report doesn't exist anymore, we're still taking shots at the regular dude. Taking shots, man. Taking them down. At us. At us. Come on, man. All right. He's got an offer from this guy in St. Louis to form a magazine. He doesn't. He doesn't really want to go. Right, June 29th to forty nine. He leaves Fordham for Richmond to scrounge for subscribers because it's like the only offer he has. Ends up in Philly. He's connecting with his old drinking buddy buddies. He's just on a bender. Goes yeah. manic. Tries to kill himself. Mm. And then yeah, that's a good summer. Yeah, you know what I mean, man? <laughs> yeah. You get with the boys, right? Yeah, the, the boys are back in town. That's one right, of, man. One of them's gonna die tonight. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. July 14th of 49, he's in Richmond. He's sick. He's writing to Muddy, like, please come to me. And then while in Richmond, October or August to September, he's giving lectures. He lets Muddy know that he's actually he's actually managed to convince somebody else to marry him. El- Elmira Royster Shelton, I think her middle name. Elmira Shelton was her name at this time. But I, I, I think if it's the same person, he had proposed to her twice before. Mm, and then he did nah. it again. Yeah, and she goes, said yes this time after mm, all this shit. That's the weird one. You that's like the weird that. one, man. What's you going on with you? What's I going can't, on? I, this, this, this is how I get myself back on my feet. I come here, I propose to you. You say no, yep. and then I go back to my real life. Yeah, you I go back to my real life, and then I propose to you again five yeah. years down the line. Mm-hmm. You say no again, and yeah. then I go back to my real life. And then ten years later, I propose to you again, and you yeah. say yes this time? Like This is weird. This is it's weird. But you, I, I don't want it anymore. What happened to you? Who are you now? What's going on? Okay. What are you going through? And so he's heading back to New York because the engagement is on. And on his way back to New York, he goes dark for a little bit on his way to Baltimore. Okay. And nobody really knows. There's no, the, here's where the record like stops for a little bit. And nobody really knows what was, what was going on. Right. Yeah. Early October, he pops up outside of Baltimore, just looking like shit, like looking disheveled okay. he's like he's got the shakes he's yeah. hallucinating it's clear it, it's he's been like either like poisoned some say he's poisoned and drinking a shit ton yeah and then october 7th of 1849 he dies at the washington college hospital outside of baltimore yeah um first of all nobody pops up in baltimore looking great Mm-mm. that's okay. just not how you enter that city no right. <laughs> that's just not how you enter right. that city yes. but yes. no that is that is how edgar Allan poe expires uh-huh it's just as randomly as he lived and that and almost like uh 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 it almost becomes one of the characters in in one of his short yeah stories. yeah his, his, i was thinking that to where his his shit deals a lot with like madness and a man gradually going mad after the death of a loved one yeah 
even then, in his tragedy, even in his, as a Peter at the height of his success, it always seems like he's just headed for another tragedy. Yeah, it's always a tent of. He's sadness. a man who's built to break. Little sad boy. Little sad boy. Little little sad boy. Little sad, sad boy. little baby boy. We put That's him up on this like great literary pedestal, like oh, he Dude, was such a genius. He, he didn't. He invented the detective story, and it's like yeah, but he also. Uh, he wasn't I mean, racist piece of shit yeah, who yeah. fucked kids, but he invented the detective story. Come on, big dog. <laughs> he, he, I got to right, I got to draw the parallel to no, like to like M- MJ yeah. of he still did wonders for the music yeah. industry, but yeah. are we going to ignore all that shady here, shit that went down? Look here. Not on this po- not on, on this podcast. We're going to ignore it. Come on. All right. Next okay. week. <laughs> <laughs> next week, okay. we are looking at Ursabet Battery, mm. who is the infamous like vampire lady of Hungary. She killed like yeah. 200 women in uh, late 16th century, early 17th century Hungary. If everybody want to talk about Dracula. They don't mm-hmm. know that there was women out here putting it down uh-huh. bigger, uh-huh. better, stronger, faster, more dead. Better numbers. Yeah. Women can be just as ruthless and bloodthirsty and conniving and shitty as men can be. In All fact, right? in fact, more and smarter. In fact, than you more. Ever Hell be. hath no fury no like fear. a woman, woman scorned. scorned. Yes, All that's right? very true. Okay, uh, Henry, where can they find us at? They can find us at. Hard Fried History on Instagram and Facebook, mm-hmm. HBH Podcast on Twitter. You can find me, Henry Price, on Instagram and just Henry Price on Facebook. Okay, you guys can find me at Joshua B. Stokes on Instagram and Twitter and Joshua Stokes on Facebook if you want to come say hi. Also, follow us on YouTube, uh, subscribe to us on YouTube. Um, we have videos up there. You can see our pretty faces. You can see yep. me in this, in this black wife beater or mm-hmm. tank top, whatever whatever yep. part, whatever side of the streets you come from. And somebody please give us that review. I'm going to say it again. A mere jumble of okay. unmeaning rant. Five okay. stars. When you ask for it the next time, <laughs> then it's bad. But give us five stars. Don't yeah, just do that. say Please. that and That'd then cool. like they're not be like, <laughs> like give us one star like a dick. Okay? Yeah, that's all right. But thank you guys for listening. We'll yes. see you next time. Mm-hmm. Uh, this has been Edgar Allan Poe. Uh, have fun. Stay safe. Please yeah. don't get COVID because you're don't. one of our listeners and we need yep. you. Yep. <laughs> <laughs>